Good morning. It is 1032 with Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC 317-684-8444. That is the phone number. We love hearing from you. It's my favorite part of the program. When our listeners get to chime in. Yeah, you know, it's really a risk, us uh, allowing other people to go on this uh, radio station, given our very, 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 very impressive ratings. But, you know, I feel like we owe it to the people because we are people of the people. Mm -hmm. All right, let's get to it. Uh, First lady up, she's got an issue with the way I treat uh, the Republicans. Mm. Hey, Rob, I love listening to the show. Obviously, you are bashing Republicans nonstop. My question to you is, when are you going to start pointing out all the defects that the Democrats have instead of focusing on the Republicans? I'll wait to hear your answer. Thanks. (laughs) Well, I feel like we do a pretty fair job of pointing out what an inept buffoon Biden is on a daily basis. Mm -hmm. I think we literally just did a thing about how nutso Fetterman is and how ridiculous it is that Biden thinks his kid is the smartest kid guy he knows and that Fetterman's really impressive. Mm-hmm. I feel like on an almost daily basis, we talk about Biden in some shape, form, or fashion. We talk about the Democrat Party in some shape, form, or fashion. We just earlier talked about how ridiculous it is that on-demand abortion advocate Destiny Wells and Tom McDermott, the U.S. Senate candidate, are having this contract with women, which is basically an advocation for abortion from conception to live birth. I mean, do Again, like it's like people have just selective hearing around here. Now, I do rip on the Republicans because they deserve to be ripped on. And when we talk about Indiana, there are no Democrats in statewide elected office. There, both of our senators are Republican. Seven of our nine congressional reps are Republican. When we talk about Indianapolis, we're very critical of Ryan Mears mm-hmm. and 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 Joe Hogg. So what? But when it comes to Indiana state government issues. There's less to choose from. What what Democrats would I talk? Again, it's like people just get mad because it's like holding up a mirror to somebody and them going, no, 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 I don't like what I see. And you're guilty because you held the mirror up and forced me to look at it. (laughs) Yeah. Well, you have said that Tom McDermott did very well in the first half hour of the Senate debate, but it was the last half hour where he lost you. Sure. And, and we, we are honest here. We said, you know, to be fair, James Siniak, who I'm voting for, did a terrible job. We mm-hmm. said, he didn't rise to the moment. Like, yeah. we're critical of people that deserve to be critical. And on the rare occasion that the Republicans actually do something worthwhile in this state, we praise them. Mm-hmm. I'm not the bad guy for holding up the mirror and forcing you to see the reflection. Maybe she wants us to pick on Gavin Newsom a little bit. Yeah, because that has, a lot, that has a lot of relevance here in the state of Indiana. Nancy right? Pelosi. Uh, just, Bernie Sanders. All right. Uh, somebody we've been getting a lot of calls about. We, you know, we talked about the primary process and about how hard it is mm-hmm. because a lot of these people. And, you know, we got into it with Micah last hour about the same thing of we just got to we got to get some good people in primary them. The system is set up where it's almost impossible for a statewide office candidate, senator or governor to primary that person. And somebody uh, called about that. Hey, Robin Casey talking about primaries. It, it, that's all. That's rigged because also us taxpayers have to pay for those primaries, and I can't. I can only vote in one primary. I can't vote against Andre Carson and then go over and also pick a Republican candidate. The whole thing's rigged. They ought to 
we ought to get rid of primaries. We don't need them. They're just an extra expense on us taxpayers. Thank you. He's 100% right. Primaries are private party functions, and as such, they should be paid for by the parties. The Indiana Republican and Democrat Party nominate their Secretary of State, Mm -hmm. their Auditor, their Mm -hmm. Attorney General, all these candidates for statewide office at a convention. Mm -hmm. There's zero reason that they would not nominate their U.S. Senate and Governor candidates also at a convention other than the Republicans and Democrats want the system rigged so that they can control the narrative on who runs and they can keep people from running. There's no reason that I should be paying, you should be paying, Kevin should be paying for Democrat and Republicans to hold uh, nominating contests at our expense. The Libertarians nominate all of their candidates at a private convention. And this is another reason that people should vote for Jeff Moore in the Secretary of State's race, because if he gets the 10%, they then get primary ballot access. And Evan McMahon, the party chair, spelled it out for us. They will file a lawsuit against the state of Indiana on these corrupt, unfair primary processes, and they will have standing because they are now in that process. It is a another reason to pull the lever for the libertarian in the secretary of state's race so what you're telling me is it was what back in september that the republicans had their state convention june june and they on the second round diego morales was nominated for secretary of state correct that was paid for by me and you and Kevin? No, that was not paid for by me, you, and Kevin, which there's no reason we should be paying for any of it. They should be paying for all of it. When Todd Young, he didn't have any competition because they kicked Danny Niederberger off the ballot because it's impossible unless you're a sitting office holder or infinitely wealthy to get the signatures. If he would have had a, co- a competition mm-hmm. or if Holcomb would have had a competition, we're paying for it. We're paying. There shouldn't be primaries, should not be paid for by taxpayers, period. I'm talking about the statewide offices. There's no reason that the you know the jeff thompson is my state representative there's no reason as a republican i should be paying for his nominating contest i'm not voting for that doofus i didn't vote for him in a primary i'm not voting for him in a general there's no reason for the the republicans want to pick their people there's no reason that i should be paying for that and there's no reason same thing for the democrats you're a private party stop using public money to facilitate your nominating contest it's kendall and casey on 93 wibc we've got a few more of your voicemails at 317-684-8444 what's next uh somebody made a good point obviously there was a terrible debate that took place on sunday um and the debate was a colossal waste of everyone's time to steal a phrase from uh Billy Madison, we are all dumber for having been forced to consume <laughs> Participating. it. Participating. And somebody made a good point, a question about getting better people in the debating mm-hmm. process. Mm-hmm. Hey, Kendall and Casey, this is Bill from Carmel. Um, I'm confused about why we can't get better debaters in the Republican Party. You know, the fact is that when you give people seven things to try to remember or seven policy uh, arrangements or uh, goals that you want. People don't remember that. They remember two or three. And Philip Stutz is, a, is an author and researcher, and he talks about that all the time. You have to have two or three things and hammer those things hard, be it immigration, inflation, law and order, whatever those things are. And I just feel like these guys go all over the board. So just want to get your comment on that. Thanks, man. Mm-hmm. 
They go all over the board in the case of Todd Young because he was the person debating because he's not a real person. Now, he's a real person in the sense of he's a human being, like he, I guess, has a heart and a brain. The second one's questionable a lot of times. But he's functioning as a human. But he's a robot. Todd Young's entire life, from he was, from the time he was old enough to tie his shoes, was about getting into public office. And as such, everything they do is about staying in public office. Look, James Siniak did, I guess you would say, a terrible job debating, but he's a real person, right? The, he's a real person. He gave kind of answers that weren't the best, but he's a real person. A guy like Todd Young is programmed to respond to key words, mm-hmm. right? And you see this with all the lifer politicians, you see all all these people that the, if they've been in the Senate forever or the House forever or they're running for president, they give programmed responses based on a key word that is said to them. And so that's why their answers are robotic. It's why their answers don't come off as genuine. It's why they try to hit nine different things when they're talking, because it's a programmed Response and it's a programmed response because that's who you get as your nominees because the parties do not want real people running for public office because real people who might speak the truth might have their own opinion are a threat to the donors and the lobbyists and that is why they don't want them running. So you're saying although he stumbled quite a bit and maybe sounded unprepared, Cineac's performance showed a bit of authenticity as well. Well, he's a real person, right? He's not a career yeah. politician and so he should have done better. He didn't help himself by not doing better. But in a weird way, it's like that's what if you took a person off the street and were like, hey, you're in a debate. That That's how they would respond. Tom McDermott has been the mayor of Hammond forever. Is it a U.S. senator? No. But he spent the past decade and a half. Perfecting his speech. Exactly. He goes to yeah. ribbon cuttings. He goes to business events. He goes to chamber lunches. That's what he does. Mm-hmm. James Sidniak is a, is a guy who by day works with kids who have autism. He, he is a real person with a real job, and if you are a real person with a real job and have never debated before— You're not as polished. Exactly. Sure. Now You haven't been practicing the skill. Now, again, just because you're not polished or don't have the skill, you shouldn't have turned yourself into a Saturday Night Live character, which is what he did. <laughs> but it is, you know, it is what it is. All right, uh, we've got a person here who continued to have a lot of people commenting. We talked about Social Security last mm-hmm. week, talked about how it's an entitlement, mm-hmm. how it's completely screwed up, about how the government has screwed it up. A lot of people still weighing in on that. Uh, when I started drawing Social Security at 62, uh, I went to the Social Security office uh, uh, back when Obama was president. And while I was there, they had about 20 or 30 Spanish speaking people there in the Social Security office, and they were drawing uh, SSI, Social Security. That is our Social Security that they're giving to these immigrants. And not only that, but the money you're supposed to get in this new uh, $144 they're saying that you're going to get, a lot of that money will be taken out and Social Security insurance that you pay for your health insurance through Social Security. So you really won't get the $140, $144, whatever you're going to get. They're going to take it. When I started, I was $120. I went to $144, and now I'm paying $170 a month for the insurance through Social Security. So you're losing, and you're right. 
it is an entitlement. We paid into it, but uh, and it's going to go broke because the Democrats and some of these Republicans, like Todd Young, are spending their money and giving it away to other people who have not paid into it. I love your show. Keep up the good work. All right. Yes. So he's right. So uh, first of all, let's clarify. You could still be a Spanish speaker and get Social Security. Mm -hmm. That's not the deal. But he's also right. There are a lot of people who are not legal citizens, per se, of the United States who are getting Social Security. And there are a lot of people who get a lot more out of Social Security Mm -hmm. than they put into it. Because once you're in it, you're in it until you're no longer breathing. And there are tons and tons of problems with Social Security, and nobody wants to address it, which is the point that I made, because it all goes back to that very mean-spirited, aggressive conversation that I had with the Duke of Spendingburg Mm -hmm. while his evil assistant Igor sat behind me thinking he was going to get me by filming me. Like, Todd Young was moving towards me, and this guy whips out his camera. It's like, what do you think's going to happen here, buddy? What, we're going to fist fight at the Stacks Pancake House? The point of it all was, though, Todd said he's never stopping. He's not making any changes to Social Security. Mm-hmm. He's not making any changes to Medicare, Medicaid. He's not touching any of it. So we'll never stop. You have to change it, make changes to it, or we're going broke. We're going bankrupt. The, the the programs themselves are running out of money. And Todd Young has said, I'm never stopping, so I guess we're going broke. Does population play into this at all? Because there's a whole group of people who, a smaller group, like the Gen X, for example. Mm-hmm. There's not as many Gen X as boomers, so there's not as many people who are going to be drawing on Social Security. And then there's the Gen Y after us, who's much bigger than Gen X. Well, it's the amount of people paying in versus the amount of people taking out. And as life expectancy goes longer... Mm-hmm. yeah. And look, nobody's saying get rid of Social Security. If you want to give your money to the government for your whole life and get almost no rate of return, and then when you turn 62 or whatever, get that money, great, good on you. But I shouldn't be forced to give my money interest-free, basically, to the federal government my entire life with no guarantee it's going to be there. It's not. We're not going to, Kevin and I are not going to see Social Security in its current form. And I'm willing right now, as, as a, as a, free-thinking human being to say, at least if you're not going to give me my money and let me do it that as I please. Don't take it now. Well, d- but make changes to it. Make changes to it to say, at 65, fine. But at 60 or 62, mm-hmm. you can still be working. It's mm-hmm. not unreasonable to say to somebody, I'm not expecting at 90 years old for people to still be working, but it's not unreasonable to say we're going to change the eligibility age so let's find some things that can make this thing solvent. We, and people like Todd Young or Bernie Sanders or whoever don't even want to have that conversation. Well, if you do wait longer to draw on it, you get a bigger chunk of it. But there's no point in doing that because you don't know when you're going to die. Yeah. Kick the bucket tomorrow. <laughs> All right, Hammer's coming up next. All right, Hammer's on the way from 93 WIBC.